You're listening to a Bill Bennett podcast special feature. It's a conversation with Charles Koch. He's the chairman and CEO of Koch Industries. This episode is part seven of our eight-part conversation, where we discuss the virtuous cycle. Last week, Charles stated that in his view, real education is three-dimensional. That's where we'll pick up this week as Charles explains what those dimensions are. Here's Charles. Real education is three-dimensional, and that starts with understanding what your gifts are, what your aptitudes are, and what you can have a passion for, and then developing those. So you need an education system that exposes you to a lot of different things. You try and find what you're good at and what what gives you passion, and so you enjoy doing it, and you're fulfilled because you're successful doing it. And then the so it's three-dimensional. And so the second dimension then is, as you say, you learn to read, you learn to do math. So you learn various principles, theories, facts, and values that enable you to apply your your innate ability or the skills you're developing from your innate abilities to contribute. And so that's the third dimension. Then you put all that together and learn to apply it. And that requires experimentation and trial and error for every person to find the best opportunity for their particular aptitudes and skills and passions that will enable them to be successful by creating value for others. So that's that's my educational philosophy. I'd be interested in, in, in hearing how yours would differ from that, Bill. Sure. Um, not much. I would just expand on it. But let me ask you this, and then, and then I'll talk for a minute. Um, you think we are, I, I believe we are, naturally inquisitive, right? Right. Uh, with Aristotle, man seeks to know. It, it, it strikes me that in, in the process of education reform, people forget some of the most obvious and basic things. We have a house uh, in North Carolina near the water. When we get down to the water and the ocean, uh, we often see, um, uh, I remember one very distinct scene, uh, of an elderly gentleman showing a, a child of about seven or eight how to put, a, a put, put bait on a hook, how to cast uh, uh, the line, how to reel it in, how to take the fish off, uh, where to stand. And the child was, was wrapped in rapt attention. And I thought to myself, you'll see where I'm going here, Charles. I wonder if that uh, old gentleman has a certification in teaching and education. I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if he's been licensed. Uh, sir, excuse me, may I see your credentials? My, my point here is one of the most natural things for a young person, any age, but a young person is what we're talking about in education start, is, is inquisitiveness. It's curious. How do you catch a fish? How do you do that, sir? And here's this gentleman, and he, and he, and he teaches, he's teaching him naturally, because adults do that if left, if left to their own. But we've somehow gummed it up with a kind of phony expertise and technology. I'm not saying I don't want people who aren't, aren't competent in the classroom, but we've made it We've made it more difficult and forgotten the basic, and that basic is the natural uh, inquisitiveness. Uh, I did a book years ago called The Book of Virtues. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the premise of the book was if you do it right and you say to a child, once upon a time there was a prince, 
you know, you'll get their attention. Just don't lose it after that. But there, it's not. That, my point is, it's not that hard to engage in in the basic educational act, which is passing on something you know to somebody who doesn't know but is interested. But we have made it so technocratic and so bureaucratic, and I believe, and, and you know, and, and we don't want to get into the politics of this, but using using your framework that the a lot of the education system has become a system for the benefit of the providers and not for the people for whom they're providing it. Absolutely. Well, and it it's really well here let let me give you see if you agree with this. I uh, uh, saw a study a few years ago that uh over the decades where the K through 12 uh student population doubled, the number of administrators has gone up sevenfold. So to me, that's exactly reflective of what you're talking about. It's become so bureaucratic that the good teachers aren't allowed to teach. They aren't allowed to innovate. Uh, they aren't allowed. Uh, they aren't rewarded. And then bad teachers are kept in place and, and are rewarded. So this is protectionism again. Right. I, I have some I have some field work on this. Um I cannot compete with you in any stories about business. I'm still thinking about our last conversation where you taught me about kerosene. <laughs> but 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 classroom people say, well, you can't evaluate teachers because you know it's so difficult, it's so complex. I have visited 600 schools, Charles. I go into the teacher room, you know, where the teachers gather for coffee or on breaks, and I say, often go in and I say, uh, who's who's the great English teacher in this department? And they always say, oh, there are several of us. I said, but if you had a young teacher and that young teacher was looking for guidance, who would you, who would you go to? Oh, Miss Adrian, Miss Adrian. Everybody knows who to go to. Everybody knows what the, who, who, who is setting the standard. But boy, the bureaucratic machine we have set up will not recognize Miss Adrian uh, any more than the person who's cutting cutting corners and and not and not doing a job excuse me i get very passionate about this as you might expect no no i'm i'm with you no this is so important and so uh, so then then to go to the the second prong here on k through 12 then on supplement then this is something that uh my wife liz and i became uh passionate about about uh, 30 years ago and so uh uh we were, that is, we were concerned about uh, kids coming out of troubled co- communities where they weren't learning the, the 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 skills and values required for them to be successful either at home or in the schools. So we we set up something called Youth Entrepreneurs, which which applies this three dimensional approach to education. That is. They uh, the students uh, uh, learn the the how how a, a market economy works about entrepreneurship, learn all these theories, the values of success. But then, as part of the program, they've got to prepare their own business plan, and the the ones with the best business plans get some venture capital to start their own business, and then those who do a good job at that get. A, uh, a local entrepreneur to help mentor them and maybe set up internships for them. And then the ones that best get scholarships to college or trade school or whatever fits them. And I'll never forget uh, f- a few years after we were into this, this one 
uh, the 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 winners of these programs speak at uh, at graduation and so this one girl spoke and she said that she's uh she she had everything against her she was in a terrible neighborhood a lot of violence her father was in prison her mother was a druggie and and she had given up so she was failing everything but she heard about this class where she might get some money and she said wow i'd like to get some money so she gets in this class and she says whoa I've got to, to get this money. I've got to have a winning business plan. So I've got to, to learn to, to read and speak and write. And, and she said, and, and then if I have a business, I've got to learn math so I know what's working and what isn't. And then if I want to have customers and employees, I've got to learn to treat people with respect rather than just be hostile to everybody the way I am now. And she said, I went from failing everything to getting straight A's and then uh, got a scholarship to college. How old was this child? She was a, a, a junior then. So what was she, 17, 16, 17? So this, I mean, not that we can, this supplementing transform everybody, but it just shows the people in these schools the potential if you change your approach. And then the then in bypass in K through twelve we we see uh, that there are now models with the combination of technology and different approaches and and for example with micro schools and my my daughter in law has started one or or is starting one this fall here in Wichita and it's like the old uh, one room schoolhouse that they rather than have grades they they have like four levels. And so you have different kids at different ages teaching each other. And you have and they don't have teachers, you have guides. And they all have access to technology so they can have access to the best teachers and games and things as you say they enjoy and and experiences of all different kinds to find where where they have aptitude, what they enjoy, what they'll have a passion for and exposing them to all different ideas. And and so anyway, so, so uh, my daughter-in-law uh, announced this school, and they, they wanted for the first level, they're just starting with the first level, they wanted 30 students. They had over 400 applications. So that's, that's once again, then, I, what, what we hope, and there, there are these micro schools everywhere. So what, what has happened with these micro schools that they can be started for a fraction of the cost and give a much better education. Yeah. Any resistance uh, to your daughter's plan from the establishments of education? Well, that's in the uh, Wichita State has has set up a, a new innovation center, and they welcome them on their campus. Now, people who who want this system of control then have objected that you can't have a private school here and so on. So, yeah, there's uh, uh, protectionists will, will always be with us. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, I, I wonder if they will try to regulate her out of existence. And you know what I'm talking about, all the requirements. Um, when they were setting up some model like this in California, I remember they said, all right, well, what's your earthquake contingency plan? Whoops. 
you know, <laughs> in addition to the environmental impact statement, what are you going to do if the earth opens up? Hadn't really thought about that, you know, don't think it's a worry. But um, that's how that's how these some of these bypasses, in your language, uh, are challenged. Uh, supplements, too, and, and, and even reform. Uh, but yeah. good. But so, so the innovative spirit works, and, you know, there, there are these little dramas like this being played out all over this country, correct, where people are trying to do the self-actualization and the actualization for their students, but are resisted um, by the, in this case, the bureaucratic state, the regulating state. So, yeah, so, okay, that's that, that's an example of how we're applying K-12. through Then at universities, what we're doing is, is, uh, is, is trying to reform these and and this starts with having free speech and open inquiry and where we celebrate the University of Chicago principles which in in conclusion says that if a university uh, ceases to celebrate free speech and open inquiry it ceases to be a university and so uh, we working supporting groups who are working toward that have gotten a number of universities to to become more open uh, and then in, in supplementing we have uh, we support professors and programs at over 350 universities now teaching different ideas and and with this three-dimensional approach to to education rather than this limited, I, I, the professor, know the truth. You memorize it and regurgitate it, and you're good to go. Uh, and we have them on all the, the whole range of subject, subjects, principled entrepreneurship. Uh, for example, at, uh, at Catholic University, which is the only papal university in the U.S., in, uh, in Washington, uh, has set up a new business school teaching our philosophy of principled entrepreneurship in parallel with Catholic doctrine. Next week in our final episode, Charles will explain the final dimension, bypass. This is a Bill Bennett podcast special feature. It's a conversation with Charles Koch.